2: All right. Hello, everybody. This is Colin with you guys. It's Elliot. All right, Laurent here. Yeah. Episode 45, we have Laurent showed here, if I'm pronouncing it here, trying to get my French accent going here. Um, so. <laughs> Welcome, Laurent. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so very much.
0: Yes. Honored to be here.
2: Yeah, cool. All right. So uh, let's just start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself here. So, um, yeah, give us your kind of your bio.
0: It's a tricky one, but I'll I'll try to keep it as short and sweet as possible. Um, Currently, right now, we live in North Carolina, but there's a good chance that you you weren't born in North Carolina with a name like Laurent Pinchot. (laughs) Um, So we've been making our way south um, ever since. You know, like we were just saying, my roots are in Quebec, um, French Canadian, um, but grew up outside of of Canada. I actually grew up in England. Oh wow! And uh, moved to United States after that, um, uh, about uh, when I was eight years old, and grew up in Connecticut. Um, so in the Northeast, it was kind of a culture shock, you know, going from the British, you know, kind of Angus young look to um, to the the ever so stylish Connecticut jet set. So that was that was our first move, and then um, in the high school, uh, I actually moved to Ottawa, Canada. And so it was my first time living in Canada and uh, we lived there for a number of years and then back down to the States and went to university in um, Connecticut. And um, after graduating from from university, I actually worked in New York City. I worked for an investment bank um, in the back office and that kind of started my legacy of working in back offices um, because from there I worked in market research. Um, you know kind of a uh, focus group moderator so this is kind of payback I'm never on the receiving end of the questions or or the prompts so you you guys can have some fun with me today there we go Uh, but yes uh, and and then um, move from market research into uh, where I'm right now once the the kids were born um, my wife's career took over and uh, I started to work more at home and and had a small practice doing doing that Um, in Upstate New York, actually, um, Saratoga Springs. Uh, so not not too too far from where you guys are, I don't think.
2: Well, me, yeah. Elliot's on the west coast, but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. gotcha. Right. Um, so and that's actually where I got started into training for triathlon. It's so sort of quite late in life, you know. Um, just after my first son was born, I put on quite a bit of weight, and uh, my wife, you know, for my birthday, says here, you know there's some money going buy a used bike, you know, start, you know, in Saratoga, it's beautiful for cycling. So just, um, actually on one of my trips, I ran into um, a hockey guy who was getting rid of some, some stuff. He had been drafted up to the, uh, to the OHL. And so he had you know a bunch of stuff to sell and I grabbed his mountain bike and, um, a road bike and, you know, just started training from there. And, um, it was one of my neighbors who, who saw me training, And he was getting ready for his first uh, Lake Placid Ironman, and then you know from there the the rest is history. Really, you know, in terms of getting sucked into the into the sport. um, I can
1: see you're sucked in. I see one, two, three. How many bikes you have? Four bikes. I see four bikes in the background.
2: (laughs) That's just in the background.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's one. There's one actually arriving this afternoon. and I'm pretty excited about that, so it's coming. It's, it's new bike day out of out of oh, everything. right so yeah. wait
2: until so tomorrow so we could get some bike porn here. It sounds like. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I know.
0: I will film it for you. How's that?
2: <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. That's cool. So, at this point, um, you done how many Ironmans? Are like, how? Or actually, yeah. When did you? When would you say you started getting into triathlon?
0: Yeah, I mean, that was like probably 2010. Um, so quite late, you know. Um,
2: and you're how old now, Laura?
0: I'm 45. So, you know, I think, yeah, my first full Ironman, I would just turned 40. That was Lake Placid. And, um, and yeah, so I really started late in life. Um, you know, I guess I got the endurance sports bug when I was younger, but never, never realized it. I was always doing sports that were quite solitary or endurance-oriented, or, but – never, you know, structured, never with a training plan or a coach or any kind of path or promise to to doing any good at, at these races. But um, it's, I'm starting to realize now, even at 45, that those were all sort of things that helped me do what I do today, you know, in terms of a mindset. And um...
1: So is that what kind of entices you about the sport is just how it kind of carries over to your other responsibilities in life as well
0: oh absolutely absolutely you know it's it's definitely a tool uh right now like a, I i would say probably most most um most relevant you know most most relevant is a, as a mind uh, a strengthening tool or a mind t- toughening tool Yep. but uh, you know i'm now doing it in a structured way so you know it's 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 getting a lot better results and um keeping myself injury free that way but um yeah i mean i think you know where i learned more about you know toughing something out was i grew up um doing a lot like i said you know individual type sports and um one of those was uh, windsurfing and i would spend the whole day windsurfing so i mean there was nothing structured about it it was just fun You know, Mm -hmm. uh, but it was—I mean, it was strenuous. You're out there for—and this was in on the coast of uh, Maine. Like I said, my my background's a little bit all over the place, but we did spend a lot of time on the coast in Maine. um, The cold cold waters up there, Mm -hmm. and I just remember spending hours and hours um, in a kind of real fixed position. You know, like you know, it's a—you're at the mercy of the wind and adapting to that. And I kind of remember that now. If I'm out on the long course, Um, it's funny how your mind sort of goes back to other places and um yeah i mean in terms of aerodynamics and understanding how the wind works and and how to stay in one position for a long time and getting the most out of it you know that's that's something now that i'm starting to remember now you know 20-25 years later
2: yep. nice and how old are your kids now
0: i have a 12 year old son and a seven year old daughter
2: awesome. awesome yeah good deal they haven't uh, you guys all having fun with covid here
0: you know yes and no i mean it's it's uh it's a very weird year i would say but you know i I wouldn't want to complain about you know we 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 have everything that we need and um the kids have you know great schools or teachers that are adapting everything so i think we're we're really lucky that's great Uh,
2: and you guys uh are they going to school in person
0: my daughter is mostly uh four days a week right now um and my son has been doing it at home the whole time so i'm i'm more you know keeping tabs on him because you know just spending the whole day and in front of a computer is uh yeah
2: yeah absolutely couldn't agree with you more with the concerns around that piece of things here you know so totally nice and then so um you also work for ownway correct
0: that's right yeah so you know like i said i've I'm a back office guy, so I don't take any credit for any of the, uh, the founding story or anything like this. But, you know, I did meet Chris uh, in 2015. Uh, he was here in the uh, Charlotte area. Uh, I believe he was living in Texas at the time, but he uh, was working with a team here locally. And we did um, the, uh, you know, sort of like a training camp. And he came to the local bike shop where I was helping them out with a few marketing things and he um he arrived and you know he's a really cool guy and you know very humble but you know he, he draws you in and with his story and uh with just his examples and so we just kind of got the chatting and i was really impressed and sort of like intrigued by this big sexy racing brand you know it's because kind of like out of nowhere you know you meet somebody who's super humble it doesn't you're expecting like a world wrestling entertainment guy you know like big sexy i think that is that is a wrestler um, but you know, he's just this soft-spoken sort of humble dude who's, you know, trains and, and does really well at races. And so, uh, actually first started out, you know, just kind of, um, very slowly and gradually helping him with a few things with his, you know, set up a website here and there and do a little bit of uh, marketing help for the team. And, uh, one day he, you know, he reached out and he talked, talk to me about, um, this uh, clothing line that he wanted to, to get going. And, um, so you know, I'm pretty good with computers and, and, and setting up systems and that kind of thing. So we just, we just jumped in the pool. Uh, we really jumped into the deep end and um, figured a lot of things out on the way, but, um, it's, it's one of those things that's dra- driven a hundred percent by passion and, um, by the energy of the sport, you know?
2: Nice. Yeah. So that's, uh, Chris McDonald, um, who is a professional triathlete, been for a while now, if those people aren't familiar with him, but, uh, and he is the, the founder of own way here, but, uh. Onway's been around for a little while now, right?
0: Yeah, I would say uh, this is uh, almost uh, four years.
2: Yeah, okay, cool.
0: Uh, yeah, about four years now it's going to be by the end yeah. of the year. And, uh, yeah, it seems like it's gone by a lot quicker than that. But uh, I'm always amazed when I look at all of the teams, and especially your, you have a few teams that are outfitted by Onway. By and, um, you know, just all of the different unique designs and, and stories that go along with it. And I've gotten to meet, and talk with a few of the the different uh, team captains or you know the folks responsible for setting up their apparel and uh, some really interesting um interesting stories there and yours of course you know
2: sure yeah well i'm 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 very intrigued I'll say by the uh i don't know what you want to call it you know the the clothing industry when it comes to endurance sports and things and uh You know, over the years, I've switched between, I was, I think we were originally with Champion Systems. uh, So many. (laughs) Yeah, we just kept bouncing around. And like, in all honesty, it was like some of the worst sales tactics are like just not being able to follow through that I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you know, it was just some pretty simple things that I would request just couldn't be accommodated. It was just dumbfounding to me. You know, and um, yeah, I think that opened up, you know, there's, you guys do, would you say, have some pretty stiff competition. There is quite a few different options out there these days, huh?
0: Oh yeah, uh, always. And it's really from two, two sides, right? You have all the big established companies, like you mentioned, and, um, and then you have a lot of, you know, sort of startups and it, it's, it's everywhere. Like if you go on Instagram, you're going to see, you know, just a new brand pop up pretty much every 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, whether that be, you know, the new special shorts or features that go with the cycling Jersey and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I think what's really interesting that's, uh, with Ownway is that Chris created it for the same reasons that you're pointing out. You know, he was working with all of the different, um, as a pro, right. you know, as a pro racing and as somebody that had, you know, different proportions than most racers, you know, he's a bigger guy. Um, and, uh, just not satisfied with those answers, right? Well, we can't do that or this, you know, it's got really frustrated. So he just sort of like went down the rabbit hole and uh, started to figure out, you know, how could I, you know, build my own suit, right? And that's what he's been doing ever since. And, you know, his his success has led to other pros trying trying to suit out. We just had uh, Matt Hansen. If you watch the um, Challenge Mike. to Daytona, <clears throat> yeah, so he was, he was uh, wearing the own way suit, and he's been a really, you know, uh, an innovator with us as well, uh, making sure that, you know, the aerodynamics is, is 100% for him.
2: That's the only reason he ran so fast, right? It's just the <laughs> kit, right? <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> He let's, must let's... have been on that spot, <laughs> holy smokes. That was, uh, that was really impressive. And, uh, yeah, um, he's definitely getting some well-deserved uh, publicity out of this here, you know? Oh, um,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And it was funny because I just listened to um, – I follow also Lionel Sanders, I guess like most people in, cause he does put out really interesting content. And, um, really? you know, the first things that he started talking about was his suit. You know, he didn't make a good choice. of. That's um, a good point. I thought it,
2: yeah. when you he, he did mention that. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Chris is like inspired too about other, from other sports, you know? So, you know, he actually looked really closely at, um, skating speed suits, yeah. okay. you know? And, um, if you watch any of that in the Olympics, um, some of it is even psychological. They say that, um, you know, the, the color that you're wearing or the way that it feels is adding to the performance. So yeah. I definitely buy into that.
2: Yeah. Hey, gotta feel good to play good. Right. I can agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, I'll certainly uh, give a quick plug for own way. And I mean, uh, contrary to what I was talking about, was, uh, some of the other companies, you know, uh, Laurent and the team are always very responsive. You know, they're, diligent about getting things in on time and but really the, the quality of the suits are just really awesome and super comfortable nice and tight you know have good like i'm a big fan of longer sleeves you know they definitely for me i think really have it together and totally makes sense that chris you know recognize what he wants and you know is kind of distributed that as opposed to you know companies trying to mold what they think is right you know and whatnot um you know it's coming from an athlete perspective which is pretty cool
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, and and we're all, we're all athletes working in the, in the business. And that I think makes a difference, right? You know, if I don't like the suit and there's a few that I haven't liked, um, it's just going to go straight to, Hey, you know, you got to move this or I I was chafed here and that that's how it kind of evolved. Um, You know, so that's where we are today. It's uh, it's, it's fun, but I mean, it's a tough business for sure. You have to stay on top of, you know, it's heartbreaking for an athlete that doesn't get their suit on time. I mean, but uh, that, that happens and we, you know, we just feel really bad. It's 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 not a cover up or, or anything. We just, you know, we feel really, really bad. Um, yeah. But, you know, and especially with COVID this year, we've had to uh, disappoint, you know, and again, it, it lined up with people not having races. So, you know, I guess hmm. in the grand scheme of things, we got a little bit of a pass there, but, um yeah, we always just trying to listen to the when and, and what, you know, customer needs and everything like that. But.
2: But Omei is uh, manufactured in China, right?
0: That's right. Yep. Um Chris uh, and Erica both of them they meet regularly. So it's not a supplier that they just kind of, you know, found. Um this is folks that they sit down with, they meet with every every two or three times a year, and they visited the factory and all those kinds of things. So it's you know, um the margins are what they are, you know. There's yeah. I think probably three or four different places where there's um Factories like, you know, South America has some, uh, Europe, uh, but um, for sure you're, you know, already a business that has kind of a razor thin margin. So,
2: right. You know. So what, what is, uh, I mean, I, I assume that sales are down based on, you know, the lack of races and stuff like that, but have, you know, the, what, what is, what is the manufacturer do, like? Does it affect their production or what's, what's COVID been like for own way a little bit here?
0: Yeah. At the beginning it was, you know, full lockdown. So, you know, everybody was really in the same boat. And uh, we have a, we have a, a manufacturer uh, of a large brand right here in Charlotte, and I had met with them uh, briefly to see if they might be able to help. And, you know, they were in Europe and same, same story, you know, when it, when it transferred over to Europe. So they, they were in the same boat. Uh, but uh, I find that the, uh, the team that we had in there in China, they, they really scrambled to get back uh, into operation. And ever since we've been, we've been pretty uh, stable, you know, uh, with getting the kids back and, um, and then out. And then, you know, I would say the the second wave of things that really hurt was, um, was shipping, you know, the U S postal service got slammed. Um, so we kind of got it from, from a few different places.
2: Which Uh, were things obviously that were out of your control, but how much did it end up like affecting, you know, timelines and things like that? Was it very significant? Or I guess it probably depended a little bit on when you ordered, but.
0: Yeah, I would say probably it added, you know, um, a few weeks it was nothing crazy it was nothing crazy and it was nothing that really disappointed too many people uh who were you know already looking at uh, the following year you know next year in terms of what they're going to be racing and what they're going to be competing in um, but we you know i i think and i'm sure you saw that as well you is uh people started to make their own fun you know started to really just uh create virtual races um the camaraderie really sort of dialed up um you know it, it's kind of one of those silver linings as I feel like the, uh, the individuality of the sport has kind of extended now to a little bit more of a family feeling. Um, a lot more people getting on that, you know, are on zoom, like we're doing now, but you know, going on Zwift or going on um, doing, you know, just kind of meetups, random meetups and sort of forging new friendships over the over the computer. Uh, which we probably wouldn't have done so much if we were, you know, local. Because we're, we're, a t- I'm on the big sexy racing team, and our team is spread out a little bit all over the place. Um, so we did a virtual uh, relay, which was really cool. So I was handing off, you know, to my teammate in Australia, and he was handing it off <laughs> to a guy in New Zealand, and they were just doing really funny videos. You know, like he was running with, he, you know, he had like a toilet paper roll, we would throw it, you would throw it across the screen, and the guy in New Zealand would catch it, and it just. The creativity is just was, was pretty fun to watch so I'm looking forward to meeting these people now who probably I wouldn't have interacted so much with um, online otherwise right because I'd be outside or All
2: right yeah, totally. or
0: work out of them. yeah
2: that's cool. So were you able to did you do any races this year?
0: I did not do any races this year. I was uh, preparing for Virginia. We have a, a really cool new race that's going to be in um, this is 70.3 in Virginia. Uh, on the Blue Ridge Parkway and so that got deferred to and I'm, I'm training now for that it's going to be in June of 21.
2: Very cool. And, uh, yeah.
0: just, I did some of the virtual races on Ironman which were pretty which were pretty interesting you know pretty pretty fun yeah. Um, but uh, yeah most of the racing that uh, was was in 19 you know that was when I was starting to starting to make some progress some really good progress so I'm just sort of like holding that in stasis for uh, for the moment
2: yeah sure so did that make it uh challenging for you to to train did you kind of jump off the wagon for a while or what was your mindset like this year
0: no I I would say the opposite and I you know much credit to my coach who you know he's starting to understand me and my mindset and my, my history and all that kind of thing and um has just really turned it I I think I'm much more prepared for racing now than I ever have been um simply because it's starting to fall in love with the process, you know, as opposed to the feeling you get when, you, when you're racing. Um, I know we're gonna get into a little bit about that, you know, just sort of those, those struggles, those demons, you know, that is sort of always lurking there. And uh, um, I find that, you know, racing at the beginning was really, you know, like trying to chase a feeling, right? Trying to chase a feeling of going faster or seeing your time go down or, um, or just the, the physical feeling of like that runner's high or whatever. And, um, you know, this this year, actually, I was, you know, talking a lot with my coach and I was like, hey, you know, I'll, every weekend as a virtual race. This is awesome. You know, I'm just going to do it, you know, do a full Ironman every weekend. And he's like, I, I don't I don't think that's too smart. You know, I don't. And he really got into why, you know, why, you know, that really just just destroys your, your gains, really, like your long term gains, you know, know, in that constant, you know, sort of recovery from racing and I'm kind of like hard headed that way, but um, it's finally starting to sink in that, you know, just really love the process, really love, like figure a way to really love the trainer or or going out and doing a run or um, that's a, that's a slow training run, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, cool. Oh, you got any questions?
1: No. And I think he just touched up on a good point. I mean, he's just kind of, I mean, you and I do the same thing. It's kind of like our lifestyle. I mean, you have a infinite pool now. And I mean, we clearly have all the equipment to do all the training. So, I mean, we, we really have made it a lifestyle and I think that's the key to just being in the sport for, I mean, we've all been in the sport for over a decade now. So.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah cool. Um, so what, what do you consider to be your strength Laurent, from the swim, bike run perspective?
0: Oh, um, I would say begrudgingly, the strength is running.
2: Begrudgingly,
0: um, why is that? <laughs> well, it's, it's it's where I struggle the most with injuries. Ah, you know. Okay. Um, I think it's mostly from you know having the early career, starting really late. You know, like in my close to my forties, and spending it like a lifetime as I'm right now, just like this horrible posture. Um, so, you know, it's just a matter of uh, staying injury-free, but. I happen to be pretty fast. I I think you know compared compared to my age group. So that's that's really where I need to. When I train hard for that, um, I see really good results from the run. But um, the bike, I'm I'm solid. You know, like I'm I'm never really going to disappoint myself uh, cycling. Like I said, it was all those uh, all those miles in uh, in the hills of uh, the Adirondacks. You know, just and and I love cycling. That's that's the one I enjoy the most. You know, like that's why all the bikes and everything. Um, and so I really enjoy that the most. And swimming is just, you know, I haven't actually done any swimming uh, really this year. And um, that's, uh, that's on me, you know, cause there, there probably were ways for me to, to, to find pools and that kind of thing. But in you know, our gym closed and I was like, okay, well it's closed. Right. So I can't swim, but I've, I've really, uh, you know, here in Charlotte, we're really lucky. There's um, a lot of swimming, you know, uh, heritage. There's a lot of master swimming coaches that are, they're awesome, you know, like you have that are that have you know experienced training with uh, Olympians and that kind of thing. So, if I jump back in, which I ha- I'll have to mm-hmm. uh, the next couple of weeks, I'll jump back into the master's group and, and just flail around for a few weeks, but I'll get it back.
1: Yeah, and how's the how's the try scene in uh, Charlotte?
0: Is there a great, lot of teams? Big, yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah, it's a good scene. Um, there's a lot of uh, successful age group. I would say uh, athletes around here, uh, the terrain is pretty good. Um, We do have mountains not too far away. You know, Um, uh, I've started to train a lot at uh, Mount Mitchell. And that's one, uh, I would say it's not really a race, but it's like a a ride that's gonna be in the spring and it's the highest uh, elevation uh, east of the Mississippi. So it's it's a pretty decent climb. I enjoy climbing. So I, I tend to pick races that have that component to it. And, uh, so and why'd
2: you pick Tremblant and, and Placid? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Um, you know, I enjoy that, that, that aspect of cycling. And so I would say the, the, the cycling scene is really, is really robust here, uh, as well. Right. So you can jump in and train with, um, with groups as well, uh, without too much issue. Uh, so yeah, we're pretty lucky here.
2: Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. Um, you mentioned the, the demons a little bit there. Um, you want to hit? Uh, we kind of, you know, you had read my story. We had connected obviously before and were in touch, but I think maybe didn't know that about me and my my demons and things previously, and that kind of bonded us that got us to this point here. Do you want to share a little bit about that for you here?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, just you know, gratitude to for you for sharing that. You know, because I think anybody, um, this is nothing. This is something I have never really talked about. You know, certainly not publicly. Um, like this, but um, it's just, you feel a little bit obligated, you know, to kind of share it at some point. And that was the trigger, you know, reading your story um, and uh, just inspired by your, um, your ability to get to where you are now in the sport too. So it's kind of identified with that, but yeah, it's been three years, three solid years now. I haven't had any alcohol whatsoever um and it was it was kind of weird because i didn't i didn't hit rock bottom necessarily at that point or get into any you know trouble or any of those kinds of things but i was just sitting on my back porch i can remember it clearly as day right now and just said "This just just it doesn't fit it doesn't like work you know yeah. um and it was just i was just thinking about all of these times where you know uh it actually fueled so many regret you know regretful things and and um and just you know. You know, just really, I guess no better word to say than it's just not helpful, you know, and it's sort of like really sneaky substance because it, um, you you sort of approach it thinking that it will, right? Um, that it's like, you know, it's, it's going to be this wonderful feeling. And I, I think I always come back to this, you know, this is, you know, the crossover with uh, with racing too, is that, you know, really understanding your feelings is, is not an easy thing. Um, and uh, it's, it's certainly a substance that will get you you know, feel a certain way, but you know, that, that next morning, you just don't, you know, you're not, you're not up and going. Uh, so for now, the past three years, has just been, you know, ton of energy, ton of opportunities, you know, the injuries have gone down, all those things. So it's all just really, really, really positive. And I think it was a situation where I had to just have that sit down with myself and say, Hey, you know, this is just a decision that I'm making on my terms and I'm just going to avoid, avoid it. Um, and, it's the beautiful age now too of being able to access so much information on podcasts. And, and, um, it was a, it was a guy I was following his ritual. I guess it's a story that everybody um, that can identify with. And he was uh, talking with somebody where just explaining that, uh, abstinence is easier than moderation. Um, and I just listened to that whole thing and I was just, you know, soaking it in that it's so true. You know, it's just a situation where you, it's just easy to wake up and say, I'm just not going to touch that stuff. You know, as opposed to, well, I'm just going to have one or I'm just going to have two or I'm just going to have, you know, 10. Um, it, it's it's one of those sneaky, sneaky ones, you know.
2: That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and have you found like, what did you get any help with kind of making this tradition or did it all just happen kind of organically and naturally within you and you have just controlled it kind of yourself here?
0: Uh, it was definitely not organic or natural. It was chaotic and sporadic, you know, <laughs> but it was it was just like one of those things where if you bump into enough of those walls, eventually when you just sit down, you know, you, you can just pick from all of those lessons. Uh, But I had some, yeah, some, I had some really hard lessons. I've had some really tragic kind of lessons. Um, But um, you know, I think it's when, and I've been asked to, and almost forced to go and get help, you know, here and there. Um, But until you really understand, you know, and sort of process it, I I don't think those things really stick, you know, or it didn't for me anyway. So I have, you know, I have been to meetings. I have been, I've read books and all those kinds of things, Um, been to some groups, but it's, it's just so weird. I mean, I I guess everybody's story is different, but um, for now, I'm just, I feel lucky that I can just, just exist like this. And, um, and uh, you know, the sport definitely was um, a help. But uh, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm being very careful with because, you know, as, as you mentioned, or the title of the article where I read for you is, you know, uh, you know it can't very much be an addiction as well. You can get addicted to training. Um, and uh, so I have to be careful with that because it's not something I want to abstain from. You know, it's not yeah. something that I, can, that I can just drain, you know, throw down the drain or, or whatever, you know. So that's where I said I'm very grateful for the, the folks that sort of understand me and uh, allow me to sort of bounce back when I go out and do you know like this past Thanksgiving I did a 5k and it was not on my plan right and uh, this is actually kind of a funny story a little bit because um, I had not been swimming like I mentioned all year and um, we were we celebrated down by the coast uh, by the beach it just took you know a few days to get away from away from everything and um, the ocean was right there and it was beautiful and I went swimming you know and I hadn't been swimming for for months and months, and so I hadn't been kicking right. I hadn't been using my hamstrings those ways, and uh, so that was Thanksgiving Day morning. Beautiful, beautiful day out there swimming, open water swimming with dolphins. Actually, you know you can picture it, right? There's, there's almost right. violins playing. It was it was it was insane. And um, then we get back home or uh, back to the back to the the place that we were, had been renting, the house we were renting, and you know the family's all preparing. The, the Thanksgiving meal and my, my son is really into cooking now so he was taking the lead on that and it's a beautiful sort of storybook picture and then I'm like you know what I really just want to do that 5k now you know I went, and everything in my head is saying like don't don't do it stay with the family you know help with the help with the you know peeling the potatoes but uh so I mean, what I did is I just ripped through the potatoes you know carved them all up and I was like I'm just going to go down the street and back right I'm just going to go do my 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 5K, just out and back. And then, Laurent, you're gonna be back for uh, for Thanksgiving meal, right? You're gonna be back, right? right? We're eating at four, right? Yeah, I got plenty of time, plenty of time. So, and this is an island. This is this is a little island. There's no there's nowhere to get lost, right? <laughs> but I just go out and it's not on my training plan. I go out, you know, one mile. I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, yes, I'm doing great. You know, this feels great. My everything's fantastic. My fitness is wonderful and um mile and a half everything and i'm like i'm gonna get a pr this is gonna be so awesome this is the best day you know swimming with dolphins getting a pr on my 5k and i see this little road and i i have a little bit of dyslexia when it comes to uh uh, directions it's a running gag you know if i don't have navigation in my car i I get lost in my neighborhood it's really 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 sad um so anyway i think in my mind that if i turn left on this road it's going to be a shortcut and I'll just. I get even home or back even faster and sure enough i go into this winding road that's actually going cutting across the island and at just about 0.3 miles from this pr my hamstring just like snaps you know it's like it's the worst you know and i know what's happening and i'm like wait i can just in anyway you, you you know what it's like you know it's just like that you know it's like that last drink you know you're not supposed to you know grab for it but you know there it is and and um so, so this is the situation I'm in, you know, I've got 10 minutes to get back to Thanksgiving meal. I've got this messed up hamstring. I didn't bring my phone with me to, to you know, apologize ahead of time. And I've now I've got about three miles to get back, you know? So I'm trying to run and, 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 I'm, and I'm like, okay, I'm screwing up my leg, I'm late. And now I can't really remember do I go left or right when I get out of here, right? So I'm like literally just spinning around and I'm like, okay, you know this is just I, I'm not learning my lesson you know even now even with, with this even with doing a 5k so you know it's nothing that you ever really escape you know how your mind can play tricks on you and, and, and get you to do you know do things but I think I'm still pretty lucky that I recognize it at least you know uh, and my family was sort of laughing at me when when, when we got when I got back you know but uh, yeah those, those are the kinds of those are the remnants I would say um, yeah
2: that's nah, an interesting perspective. I hadn't really thought of it that way of how we kind of, you know, I, I do think that training is, you know, just another form of addiction and helps me fill kind of that void that, uh, that I guess I had going when I was focused on other things. But, uh, you know, um, we do push ourselves at times, you know, a little bit more than maybe uh, we should and so forth. And I think that could be the addiction kind of uh, piece playing into it. That's an interesting perspective. I hadn't really thought of
0: it that way. But uh,
2: yeah, spot on there. Yeah. That's good yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: thanks. And, um, you know, so that's, that's what I think is going to be the, and, and in a certain ways it's a good realization, right. You know, because it always comes back to when I was listening to a couple more of your podcasts is just really falling in love with that process. Um, and not thinking that, you know, every, every training session has to be some sort of way to impress somebody. Right. You know, uh, you know, now it's so easy to, to fall into that trap too, right? Where, you, you know, the KOMs and,
2: and,
0: and the PRs and, and all those things, they're great motivators, you know, but at a certain point when you've proved that you can do something, um, I don't know that, you know, and this is, this is my coach talking now too, is that, you know, is there any kind of real honor in that, right? You know, totally. you pat yourself on the back and you put, put a picture up on the thing, but um
2: Well, I mean, I I guess I think it too, it comes down at the end of the day. What, what do you really care about? Do you want to impress people on Strava or do you want to have your best performance on race day? You know, and both is fine. You know, if, if you, uh, you know, just want that PR or going for that KOM. And I mean, especially this past year, that was what a lot of people were shooting for and was the motivator, which is, which is all good. But, uh, a lot of times it's tough to do both.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, and so, you know, for you to, you broke nine hours at uh, Ironman Florida. I mean, how much attention did you have to pay to, uh, to details in, in getting ready for that?
2: Um. Yeah, I, I was, again, definitely fortunate that uh, I didn't have to travel for work. So there was a lot more stability, really, in my life, you know, for this, this past summer and things that uh, um, really helped me, you know. But at the same time, I, I really didn't commit to that race fully until... Mid to late September, you know. So, I was kind of relying a lot more on some just kind of general, you know, consistent training and fitness as opposed to specificity there. But, um, you know, one thing I will say that I do is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with missing workouts, and when life happens, it happens. Um, but. But ironically those those kind of missing uh, workouts seem to drop off a little bit as races get closer you know mm-hmm. and so you know there is a, a shift there for sure um that I think helps me get get dialed in but um you know I think at, at the same time you know I guess I really don't get a ton of put a ton of pressure on myself um you know as far as results or anything like that but Um, you know, I, I signed up for Florida on a whim, kind of hoping that it would happen and that I get the opportunity, but I didn't really think it was legitimately going to happen until, you know, at least late September. Um, so it was a shorter window than most people, you know, that are signed up uh, a year, you know, it's probably at least six months in advance for these big races and things. So, um, so it's definitely a different, different mindset and, uh, a little bit different like everything this year for sure.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, and I read too in that article that you went and did the six gaps, I think, in, in Vermont. Is that right? Yeah,
2: you ever been up there or what?
0: Yeah, I've ridden in in around there and I I really would like to go back. Um it yeah, it was a little bit of nostalgia because the, the, the first big race that I did is not wasn't um that quite far, but have you ever heard of Bat Kill? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Kill race. Yeah, that was that was one of the first races that really um drew me in because it was not far from where we were in saratoga springs yeah and um just a crazy race you know because of the the mixed surfaces and that you know nobody had gravel bikes right right back when I was there so i was racing on 25 millimeter um <laughs> uh, you know on a, on a cervello uh, road bike and just carnage right you know just people all over the place uh, but yeah, i actually had.
2: Yeah, a friend that took a very, very bad spill and uh, really damaged himself pretty bad uh, during that race one year. Yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, that's a gnarly one, but that's cool. Yeah, well, I'm planning to do it again next year, so uh, maybe we'll have to get you up. I did actually have another person email me after and said, let me know when you're going to do that again. I want to do it. So uh, that was uh, a oh, yeah. pretty epic ride, that, uh, the six-cap ride for sure. But uh, I'll put that on the list. Yeah, right on. That's cool, so... Uh, it doesn't top Elliot's, uh, Everest, uh, completion indoors though. I don't think.
0: Oh, wow. That, uh, recently.
2: Uh, yeah, just talking about like, I mean,
1: I didn't, I haven't raced at all this year. So I've been studying some just things I haven't done and probably things that I've probably would have never even tried if I was in race season. So I've done a lot of kind of dumb things this year, but they've been fun. <laughs> Get that all the Trainer. Yep, all the trainer. I've done the indoor Ironman. I've um, this week I'm actually doing. Uh, I'm trying to yeah. run a hundred miles, and then on Sunday I'm going to run a marathon to break. Or my goal is to break three hours. So, oh wow! That's probably my last dumb challenge of the year, but it's like I said, it's stuff I've never done before, and it kind of keeps me focused. And I,
0: I gonna I don't know. Also- you're going to run a hundred miles. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Laura. No, I was just gonna say you're gonna run hundred miles this week. This and week, into
1: yeah. So that that caps oh, it off. Week. So yeah, this whole week. So I'm at like forty miles for the week so far.
0: Oh, you're gonna cap it <laughs> off with uh, yeah, uh, with cap it or... off.
2: And, yeah. So.
0: Oh,
2: great. <laughs> but I, I gotta disagree you know, on these dumb challenges because the, these are the things that keep us going. Yeah. You know, and another thing that's uh, that's pretty cool that I've read um, even about like Sam Appleton um wait what did he end up fifth or sixth no no yeah sixth right i think at uh at challenge daytona and you know his coach is on record talking about how soon as covid kicked in they totally shifted gears and like he was riding mostly without a power meter and just doing different stuff and you know taking in what is available to him and what the circumstances are providing to him you know so yeah um, like colin
1: you ran you've ran two marathons for like training runs and you were never a fan of that this year so i mean and i think that's that helped definitely help your florida run out so
2: yeah yeah no exactly right so (laughs) i think all
1: three of us kind of have benefited i mean we've all trained just as hard as we normally would if not harder so
2: exactly but those you know Dumb or not dumb, uh, you know, as long as we're staying injury-free, you know, we're finding things to motivate us. That's really what, what matters to, you know, in my opinion, at the end of the day. You know, is we're, we're doing things that we're enjoying and, you know, staying active and, and living the lifestyle, like we said. You know, so uh, I think that that's, uh, that's all good in my book.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. You know, most, most people that I've spoken with, um, even the ones that are really have structured plans, uh, they, built, they built in the fun stuff. Right, like uh, or a training, um, a training uh, trip. You know, if they were able to do it in quarantine, but then set these kind of cool challenges inside of it. Right, so it wasn't really distracting from their training plan, but you know, just kind of like tending to the soul a little bit, I guess. You know, to yeah, you know, because you, you're not really getting, you know, you're not getting too much of that. Uh, that goal completion satisfaction right you know from being on a full roster of races or whatnot
2: no exactly right yeah that's uh our theme of the year here i think but uh well so what are your thoughts uh obviously nobody knows what the heck's gonna happen but you feel like we're gonna be back to racing somewhat normally next year or what
0: yeah I'm, i'm definitely optimistic um I um, I don't know if I sent you the interview I did with one of my teammates, but he was uh, he had just raced the um, seventy point three in Arizona, yeah, and he had gone through all of the um, you know the changes that they had done there um, with the setup and with the safety and everything. So I think it's definitely you know, and you did Florida, so I think as as long as the this, the safeties. Put it in place i mean there really shouldn't be too much reason why we shouldn't be racing um so you know like you know i'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it and definitely planning for it yeah um but uh yeah i think i mean probably i'll sort of bend a few rules you know in terms of um if uh if it does kind of go back down to lockdown just do some virtual races and um you know i know that iron man actually started qualifying some people with the virtual races so you know there's a way to do it i think where it's not an asterisk necessarily
2: yeah you know certainly seem like a few of those splits had had to have an asterisk next to them yeah
0: i mean that's that's the main thing right you know um yeah and and i don't know i don't know how to fix that or i don't know how that would be yeah
2: it's very very difficult but i mean that's even another tangent here but you know zwift racing i think there's a ton of cheating going on but at the end of the day i think i'm just good workouts and if that's whether you know you're really 200 pounds and you're saying 150 pounds and that's what it takes you to beat me in a virtual race then more power to you but you're supposed to put your
1: race weight right colin not your current (laughs)
2: weight (laughs) your goal weight right yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh but you know it's it's to to reach their own if that's what helps people uh you know sleep well at night then more power to them you know but uh i'll keep using it as a as a tool that's uh definitely been motivating and um fulfilling for me you
0: know oh yeah yeah and i think if you do a mix of it you know even if you're surrounded by cheaters and they're making you go faster than yeah exactly faster outdoors on that next race that probably means
2: more exactly 100 you know when you really want it to matter you know it's going to help you so i'll, I'll thank them <laughs> so oh,
0: yeah. Which, um, what did you do for the uh, did you do something on Zwift or
1: so i live on a lake so i did i did the open water swim and then yeah i did the i did um all the bikes up on Zwift and then i have a treadmill and. Did it all on a treadmill.
0: Oh my
2: goodness! <laughs> yeah. You love that treadmill, didn't you?
1: Yeah, but this week I told myself I'm gonna yeah. go run outside every,
2: every for every outside. single run.
1: But it's been hard because the fork. It's I mean, I live in Seattle and it's been raining every single day. So yeah, both runs yesterday were in the rain, and but it it kind of makes it kind of epic and memorable. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying yeah. to have the most fun of it as possible. And so
2: the marathon Elliott is uh Sunday or what? Yep. This Sunday. How's the weather looking for that?
1: Um eighty percent chance of rain, so might be running <laughs> in the rain yeah. a little bit, but hey, running in the rain is better than biking in the rain. So
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. definitely true. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. Um Laurent, anything else you want to share before we uh call it a day here?
0: No, I mean appreciate you uh, reaching out to me and offering me to come here and talk with you it's been great um, raise my awareness of your podcast so you know I'm a listener now a fan <laughs> and uh, maybe maybe inspire me to, to give it a try some sometime in the future you know I'm started starting to get a few things a microphone a camera but um, you know I think you just uh, or you tell me is, what's the best way to approach it just jump right in or
2: yeah, it's the only way to do it, you know? Yeah, just, just be natural with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes a little while to build, but you learn on the on the fly, you know? But, uh, yeah, no, the the video you made, you shared with me, it was very cool and uh heck of a lot more professional than, well, I, I don't want to demise Elliot here because Elliot does most of the <laughs> harder <work>, stuff, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was well done, man. So, uh, that's cool. I say go for it. But, All right. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks so much for, for being on here. And, uh, one little more plug, I guess we'll give to own way. If people are looking for kits and things, uh, definitely a great option and, uh, reach out to and the team to, uh, to check them out.
0: Absolutely. We'll be happy to talk with you and, uh, it's fun, you know,
2: cool. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. We'll, uh, we'll catch you soon here.
0: All right.